You're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast and Post Game Show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast, and welcome to our instant reaction and analysis of the Bears 2018 schedule, as it was just released about an hour ago, even though it leaked about six hours ago, but needless to say, we're still kind of sifting through it as we speak. I'm Rose Woldewitt, and today I'm joined by both of my Bears brothers, Brandon Hazlett and Nicholas Moriano. Brothers, the path has now been laid out in front of us. Minicamp, it just ended today, and the draft is exactly one week, so tell me, where is your excitement level? Because I'm nearing a 10 right now. I'm pretty damn jacked. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much nearing a 10. Uh, the closer we get to the draft, the more amped I'm going to be, and it'll definitely be more than a 10 by draft time. Oh, yeah. I am pumped for this uh, upcoming season. Did you guys see the new video that they had with uh, all the superhero kind of things? Yeah, that was so the, cool, wasn't it? That was awesome. And, I mean, Avengers is coming out next week, so I'm just so amped up. Cannot wait. Yeah, we all know how much you like your superhero movies, so I'm sure that was uh, right up your alley, right? Oh, definitely. I mean, it, it's right up my alley. Awesome. So before we get down to breaking down this bear schedule, I just want to remind you to subscribe to our YouTube channel if you don't yet, as it's the best way to keep up with us all year long. So yes, if you haven't yet, just hit that subscribe button. Our goal by September, uh, the season, week one, aka the Packers, uh, spoiler alert, is to have 3,000 subscribers, so definitely help us out. I think we only need like 700, uh, not too bad. So... Before we get down to the show, here's a rundown so that way you know what to expect. We're going to go week by week and walk through the entire 2018 season, explaining our initial thoughts about each game, some compelling storylines, and more. When that's all said and done, we're going to highlight what we found to be the most difficult and easiest stretches of the season. And after that, we're going to close out the show with a brief discussion on our top takeaways from the Bears minicamp, just to make sure that you are up to date. So with that, let's move along and break down the Chicago Bears 2018 schedule that consists of back-to-back primetime games to begin the year for the first time in franchise history, mind you, a Thanksgiving contest against the Lions, and back-to-back road games to end the season. So let's begin, and we're going to go through this in chronological order as it makes the most sense, and on top of that, we're going to break down the season into four quarters to pay homage to Levy Smith and, well, hey, our post-game show. So let's go ahead and officially enter the first quarter of this show and enter week one at Green Bay, who finished 7-9 to last season. The Bears have lost 14 of the last 16 against Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay looking at their rankings a season ago. Total offense is 26. Points scored per game, 21st. Total defense, 22nd, and they came in 26 in points allowed. Brandon, when you're looking at this game, what's what's your initial thoughts? What are some compelling storing lines? What are, what's just going through your head, man? Uh, well, Aaron Rodgers is always typically a storyline. And even since the Packers got rid of Jordy Nelson, uh, I've seen there was a, a headline somewhere. I forget exactly who it was. It might have been Good uh, Good Morning Football, whatever that is, uh, saying that Aaron Rodgers might be the, the best quarterback with the worst wide receiver group. But it always seems like Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams uh, it seemed to have a breakout game at least once a year. One of those two seemed to be able to do it against the Bears. So that that's a storyline that I'm watching. And Ty Montgomery, too, let's not forget about him. He's listed as a running back. He's torched the Bears once. Uh, and they also back, uh, brought back Tremont Williams as a defensive back. He played with the Packers before uh, from 2006 to 2014. He's now entering his 12th year. So I'm, I've seen it. You know, you look at him statistically. He hasn't exactly had the best 
two years, the last couple. Uh, so we'll kind of see what kind of level play he's at when the time rolls around. Sure. Like when I saw that this game was going to be the first game of the 28th season of the Matt Nagy era, I realized something immediately that this new era of this Bears team, this chapter is going to begin with a bang because the Bears are going to head into Lambeau for the first time, you know, ever with Matt Nagy as head coach. And at first, some fans I noticed were upset about this, but that doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know why this would worry you. I mean, I have a few reasons. The first one is you can't ignore the Packers. You're going to play them twice a year anyway. Secondly, they have zero tape on the Bears' new-look offense coming in, so they have no idea what's going to come at them. And thirdly, the Packers start the season slow, more times than not. So, And our friends at uh, Titletown Soundoff uh, kind of confirmed that fact that the Packers always start their season slow. He said that one has a lot of truth behind it. So I'm super excited about this game. But what about you, Nick? Uh, what are your thoughts on the new era beginning in Lambeau? Yeah, I mean, this is a great chance for Matt Nagy, Mitch Trubisky to start off the season with a bang. If they can go in Lambeau and get the, a W, imagine that, the confidence going forward with that, you, that new group, really, uh, to win at Lambeau. That's a big thing because the last two times that the Bears have gone to Lambeau, other than John Fox's first year where they actually won, they were outscored by 61-24. to 24. That's not very good. Obviously, it's not very good. So hopefully this is a new new swing of things for the bears going into Lambeau field because they haven't had much success there. Hopefully with the new group, you know, you could start the first, first game of the 2018 season with a win. Yeah. And on top of that, two players that I'm kind of looking at here, Kyle Fuller and Allen Robinson, right? Two players that the Packers kind of wanted, but couldn't have, if they kind of have a big day against our biggest rival to begin the year, I think that'd be some extra icing on the cake and maybe a little extra added salt to the Packers wounds. All right, guys, so you know during the season, I always do my five matchups to watch. Well, I'm not going to give you five for each game. We're going to be on here for, like, what, four hours? But I'm just going to go ahead and highlight one per game. And my first one here, I'm going to go into the slot. I think it's an underrated matchup. It's, not one, but it's still one that I'm excited to watch, and it's going to be Randall Cobb versus Bryce Callahan. Randall Cobb, Brandon, you admit it, uh, talked about it, how he always kind of hands our number. Bryce Callahan, who the Bears officially brought back this week, uh, he's someone who – He's a strong nickel corner. I think that's going to be a battle on the inside uh, that Aaron Rodgers is going to kind of look to go to Randall Cobb, and hopefully Bryce Callahan can shut him down. But, of course, plenty of other matchups to look at, and we'll talk about that come September. All right, guys, any final thoughts on the Bears-Packers to begin the season? Yeah, uh, for the rivalry, we talked about adding uh, salt to the wound. Um, the one advantage that the Bears have is they do have more guys in Canton than the Packers do, and we're adding an, another one uh, in August. Fun fact, 27 to 22. There we go. What about you, Nick? Any final thoughts? You know, they the Packers did get Jimmy Graham, so I'm going to see how they utilize him and who's going to be the guy that, you know, initially is going to cover him because that is a guy that didn't do very well, obviously, with the Seahawks. So let's see how Aaron Rodgers dealt with him uh, and then how the Bears combat that. So that's going to be an interesting matchup for me. Awesome. All right, guys, let's go ahead and move over to week two versus the Seattle Seahawks at home. The Seahawks, they finished nine and seven last year on total offense. They finished 15th, but they were up to 11th in points scored per game. And then on defense, they were 11th in total defense and 13th in points allowed. So for the second straight primetime game to begin the year, they're going to be hosting the Seahawks. Nagy, he hopes that he starts his home record right because the Bears, and I'm sure everyone listening knows this, we know this, they've only won seven games at Soldier Field over the last three years. It's been tough to watch, but hopefully those days are behind us. It's going to be a different team for Seattle, too, because they have lost Richard Sherman, Michael Bennett, Sheldon Richardson, Jimmy Graham, who we just talked about for the Packers, and Paul Richardson. On defense, they ranked outside the top 10 in points allowed for the first time since 2011. 
I feel like Seattle, they're kind of trending in the wrong direction. And they're also not as strong as a team usually on the road. So with that, coupled with those key departures, I'm surprisingly confident heading into this game. How about you, Nick? Are you as well? Yeah, I really am because the Legion of Boom is no longer there. That secondary is battered and it really it's different. And Cam Chancellor's a guy who was at one point contemplating retirement. Earl Thomas, uh, there was that situation last Christmas Eve where he told Jason Garrett of the Cowboys, hey, come get me. So who we don't even know who's going to be in that secondary for Seattle. It's no longer that secondary that dominated the league. And like you said, they've lost a lot of guys. And that rushing game right now listed at their depth chart, obviously, um, it's still very early. Mike Davis. Who? Mike Davis. Exactly. We don't even know who that running back is. So uh, I am I am feeling confident about this one. In years past, no way. Not against Seattle. But this year, I am pretty uh, feeling pretty confident. Okay, so you talked about the secondary real quick for Seattle. Don't they still have Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor back there, though? They still do. But they're, again, uh, Cam Chancellor is coming off a serious neck injury. And like I said, was contemplating that retirement. I think he'll end up playing. But who knows? I mean, that's a big injury. And Earl Thomas, we don't know if he's still going to be there. Still a great player. I, I have a feeling that he is, but there's always that wonder. and We just don't know yet. Sure. Brandon, what are your thoughts on this week two matchup? Well, first of all, I hope this isn't going to be a storyline. But the last time these two teams played, uh, the Bears did not have a first down. Thank you, Jimmy Clausen. Uh, but this, I think this overall week two is really going to be a good measuring stick for, for Matt Nagy as a coach. Uh, because he's going back-to-back against really good quarterbacks, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, week one and two. Uh, and it's really just going to be Russell Wilson that carries the team because last year they were bottom half in the league in rushing yards per game. Uh, the offensive line for Seattle really struggles. Uh, Russell Wilson got sacked 43 times last year. That was tied for 10th most in the league. Uh, so if the Bears can find a pass rush, there's a way to really exploit them there. Uh, and you guys already talked about the defense. I think this is just going to be a very good measuring stick because even though – Seattle, I think, is, like you guys said, trending in the wrong direction. Uh, the, the defense is still going to be tough. Uh, so I think this is a good measuring stick for Matt Nagy in week two. Yeah, and he's going against Pete Carroll, who's known to be a very aggressive coach, and Nagy wants to be an aggressive coach himself. So uh, this might be a game where you're going to see some aggressive play calling, maybe someone taking some chances, going for two, going forward on fourth down. That's what I'm excited to see in this game. And on top of that, I'm excited that we're not playing this game in Seattle. Uh, we all know about their 12th man over there and how loud that can be at Central Link Field. Uh, that atmosphere is just brutal. But hopefully the fourth phase here in Chicago can bring the noise for this one as well. And for me, my matchup, um, I'm actually still looking at those two safeties. I know Cam Chancellor is coming off that injury, but I think he's going to play. He'll be fine. And so for Trubisky going up against those safeties, I want to know, can he take care of the ball, avoid trouble? Can he find ways to push the ball downfield against these guys? I think those are all questions to keep in mind heading into this matchup. Nick, any final thoughts here? You know, uh, that O-line last year, and uh, Brandon, you mentioned it, they gave up 43 sacks, which is 10th in the season, uh, 10th uh, in the NFL. So I want to see how this Bears defense attacks you know, that that Seattle offensive line, because, again, the Bears did do very well in getting sacks last season. Hopefully they had a couple more guys in the draft and uh, guys are just going to be healthy at this point. Hopefully at week two, they'll be able to get after uh, Russell Wilson. Yep. B, anything else you'd like to add? Nope. We touched on everything I have for Seattle. Perfect. All right. So let's move right along to week three. We're going to go on the road to Arizona to take on the Cardinals who finished eight and eight last season. 
Last year, they finished 22nd in total offense, 25th in points scored per game, 6th in total defense, and 19th in points allowed. So the Bears' third game of the season is going to be against another first-year head coach in Steve Wilkes, who he's going to have Sam Bradford as his, as his quarterback. And they also brought in this guy, I don't know him too well, Mike Glennon, but we all know how injury-prone Bradford is, so there's a real shot that Glennon, really, he's going to have a chance maybe at quote-unquote revenge here. And to that, I say bring it. Bring it on, Glennon. You don't worry me one bit. But, Brandon, over to you. What is on your mind in terms of the matchup against the Cardinals here in Week 3? I say bring it on Mike Glennon as well uh, because the offensive line gave up the third most sacks last season uh, there in Arizona. They gave up 52 sacks last year, and Adrian Peterson was the leading rusher last year. He only had 448 yards on 129 attempts team only had six rushing touchdowns so that offensive line out there in arizona is worse in my opinion uh than the seahawks so really the front seven for the bears are going to have their ears pinned back i hope uh being able to find a pass rush being able to stop the run against arizona and really limit that offense uh, what worries me is the defense uh because like you said they were top 10 they were ranked sixth chandler jones led the team last year with 17 sacks uh and they are who we think they are Dang it. So I think this is going to be one that the Bears may be able to pull out if the offense can hang in there. There we go. How about you, Nick? Yeah. So the defense, again, is uh, the biggest issue for me uh, for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I think it's a team that is a little underrated when you really think about it. They did lose Tyron Matthew. That's a big key for that defense, but they still forced a lot of turnovers. Number seven in the league in that uh, aspect. So they got it. The Bears and Trubisky really needs to be careful in that. Uh, just taking care of the football. And they arguably have the best corner in the game in Patrick Peterson. So, again, that's probably not a guy you want to target, but you're going to have to at some point in the game. And they do force turnovers. So, uh, again, if Mike Lennon is playing, I do like our chances. I don't know if it's going to be the revenge game, but, yeah, I, I do like our chances in this one. Yeah, you know, all week, if he was starting all week leading up to be like, this is my week, this is my week. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. You know, <laughs> trying to get back at the Bears, but I don't think that would go out too well. No. All right. So, Nick, I want to know real quick, you know, Nicky going up against another first year head coach. Do you think there's a little extra motivation for him in those kind of weeks? Because he has a few of them this season. Oh, yeah, I think so. You got to show that all these guys that have new opportunities, new jobs in the NFL. Well, I'm, I want to be the best one at that. I hope Nagy has that mindset and really the Bears. It's a new regime. So every opponent that they go against, they want to be like, I want to win this time. And against going against a first year head coach, hopefully Nagy uh, is the, the winner on the outcome. Yeah, no doubt. And moving on to my matchup, and this is going to be another one for Bryce Callahan. I better just dub myself the president of the Bryce Callahan fan club while I can. Uh, but this one is going to go against Larry Fitz. You know, he has three straight years in which he's had 100 receptions or more. And that's going to be a tough test for Bryce going up against a future Hall of Famer. But again, uh, Bradford injury prone. Who knows if he'll even be playing. So if it's Glennon under center, you know, maybe not such a worry there for uh, Larry Fitzgerald, but he's someone who always elevates the play of his quarterback. So still Larry Fitz would be someone that you always have to circle a uh, kind of game plan for no doubt about it. But guys, uh, anything else you'd like to add for the Cardinals? Nick B. Larry Fitzgerald's going into his 15th NFL season. So hopefully he's a little, has a, a little bit of a slower step against Bryce Callahan in the slot, but that's about it. No, the father time. <laughs> no, he's finally a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo SmartBase from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at Tempur-Pedic.com. He's great. B? 
Yeah, so Nick brought up the the turnovers, how many they forced last year. Uh, Arizona was third last year in forced fumbles, so you really got to stress ball security in this matchup. There we go. And then a couple guys, I think, on the Bears, uh, Bobby Massey and Marcus Cooper. Both of them came from Arizona uh, a couple uh, last season. So just not revenge, per se, but quote-unquote revenge, uh, just for, you know, fun. All right, moving on, week four. We're going to go ahead and play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home, mind you, which has me elated, to say the least. Uh, last year, the Buccaneers, they finished ninth in total offense, 18th in points scored, and on defense, they are dead last in total defense, giving up the most yards in the entire NFL, and they were tied for 22nd in points allowed. So for the fourth time in four years, the Bears are going to play the Buccaneers, but for the first time in that time span, we don't have to travel to Tampa. And for that, I say thank you, because if I don't know if you guys recall, but it seems like every time we travel down to Tampa, we always just seem sluggish. We don't seem motivated. I don't know if it's the heat in Florida, which it's not going to be good later in the season when we travel down to Miami, but it just seems like the Bears are always playing lethargically when they're in Tampa Bay. I mean, look at the losses, uh, the last two final scores of them, 36-10, to 29-7. to 7. I mean, ouch. Last season, the Bucks' biggest issue to me was that defense, of course. They finished dead last in total defense and on third down and in six and in total pressures. So to help that, they brought on guys like Jason Pierre-Paul, Finney Curry, and, well, I mean, Mitch Unride, but uh, B, how about you? What's your thoughts here? I'm worried about the Jameis Winston-Mike Evans connection. Uh, last time these two teams faced off, Mike Evans had seven receptions for 93 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and I was looking through their transaction list, and you brought up a couple of the guys on defense that they brought in to help uh, create sacks on defense because Gerald McCoy was the leader last year on the team with six. And when they played Mike Glenn last year, they only got one sack on the team, and that was uh, Noah Spence. Uh, but they re-signed a lot of the same guys. They're really looking for the continuity. They thought they had a lot of pieces. And it seemed like after the Bears game last year, uh, when they smoked us, uh, their season just kind of fell apart after that. Uh, what really worries me, though, is not necessarily uh, quite in season yet. It's going to be next week when they draft in front of us. And I kind of hope it's right. not Quentin Nelson that they take. I hope it's Quentin Nelson Falls date. Just a, a spoiler alert there on what I hope happens in the draft. Uh, but that's kind of my biggest worry. I mean, Jameis Winston has the Bears number. Uh, the offense is really going to have to help out the defense in this one, I think, to be able to get a win. And fun fact, this is going to be the fourth consecutive time that we, the Bears brothers, have covered a Bears-Buccaneers game. There's only been one win out of it, so hopefully we can add another one to that that win column there. There we go. I like it. I mean, hopefully so. But how about you, Nick? What are, What's on your mind in terms of this matchup? I'm looking at the Buccaneers uh, tight ends, Cameron Braden, OJ Howard. They both had pretty good seasons last year and just how that Bears defense is going to cover those guys um, because Cameron Bray was a guy who got in the end zone, I'm, I'm pretty sure, a couple times in just the past couple of years against the Bears. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. But Jameis Winston, for some reason, I just have a feeling that he's not going to have the best of seasons. I don't know. He's a, really a guy for me that's underperformed. I know he's played well against the Bears. I don't know. With the Bucks ending up at five and eleven last season, they they had a team that was supposed to be competitive, supposed to do some things, just didn't. We'll see what ends up happening, but I'm gonna watch those tight ends. All right, there we go. And real quick from a matchup, Brandon kind of took it from me. The Mike Evans uh, last year, he had that big game. We'll see what happens again uh, this season, but hopefully uh, Fuller Amukamara have some uh, better luck this time around. All right, so before we enter the second quarter of the season, we're going to take a quick timeout and tell you a little bit about our show sponsor, SeatGeek. Buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there's a better way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event. Whether you're searching for a last-minute deal, planning a night out with friends, or need to find the perfect gift, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. 
as you know, all the Bears brothers have the SeatGeek apps on our phone. It's by far the easiest way that we've been able to shop for tickets. Seriously, this app is so simple to use. We can be anywhere, pull out our phones, open the app, and within a few tabs, instantly find some seats. Um, I actually just looked at SeatGeek to check out tickets for, of course, all the games in the north and the south side depending or not to get postponed with this April weather that we've been having. And of course, no matter where you live across the country, uh, there's a baseball team near you. Uh, if you want to go see some NHL playoff hockey or NBA uh, playoffs as well, uh, no matter what your cup of tea is at this time of year, SeatGeek has the, the game that you're looking for. And on top of that, the Bears, they released their tickets, oh, probably like right about now, maybe a few minutes ago. And if you somehow missed the rush, uh, definitely check out SeatGeek for some of those uh, you know, secondary market tickets. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. And the best part of all is that our listeners get $20 off that first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code BEARS today. That's promo code BEARS, B-E-A-R-S, for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All right, you're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast. I'm your host, Will DeWitt, joined by my two Bears brothers, Nicholas Moriano and Brandon Hazlett, and we are here breaking down the Bears' 2018 schedule that was officially released just a little bit about an hour and a half ago, and we're entering the second quarter of the season, which I am dubbing the Battle versus the AFC East. It does start with a Week 5 buys. So we're going to go ahead and just skip on right past Ooh. that. Ooh, I do, the Bears going to not lose that week, right, guys? I hope so. <laughs> I don't. I don't agree with that bye week, though. To be completely honest, I would rather. I don't like where it's at either. But no, it's a little early for me. I mean, that's a lot of weeks in a row with football, straight football. So, I mean, obviously they can't do anything about it. Hopefully, they stay healthy from that point on. But yeah, I wish it was a little bit later. Here's my rebuttal. How much was that later by helping us these past few seasons? We had John Fox. Okay. <laughs> Good, good comeback. Good comeback. You shut me up there. All right. So let's move on to week six, though, guys. Let's get back to the important stuff. We're going to travel to Miami. And I think we are actually going to go to Miami. It really seems like it. We've been talking about that off air a little bit. So if you're listening, you want to go uh, to Miami to watch this game with us. We're trying to get a group, 20, 25 Bears fans to go out there, watch the Bears down in Miami, have a weekend down there. It'll be a lot of fun. So reach out if that's something of interest to you. We'll definitely do some more formal uh, announcements about this here soon. We're just kind of getting... Uh, things in place right now. But anyway, Miami, they finished six and 10 last season. Uh, they're 25th in total offense, 28th in points scored per game, 16th in total defense and 29th in points allowed. This is going to be the first game after the buy. And it begins with a trip down to Miami uh, where they take on Adam Gase's dolphins who have lost a ton of their top players. Looking at Jarvis Landry, the non, the, I'm just going to say Sue. I don't even want to deal with it. <laughs> Mike Pouncey, Julius Thomas, and Lawrence Timmons. The additions like players like Frank Gore, Danny Amendola, those don't really worry me. But Nick, how about you looking at the Dolphins? What should we be paying attention to? Well, they have a lot of slot receivers right now. They have Danny Amendola, like you said. They also signed Albert Wilson. Uh, I'm kind of confused at what they're trying to do at receiver. And then you also have, don't forget, Dow Loggins is there now too. Oh, so yeah. you got Adam that's Gates, right. Dow Loggins. But that's, I think that's an advantage, though, for the Bears because Vic Fangio knows exactly what those guys are doing. So come this Week 6 matchup against Miami, I think Vic Fangio is going to have a pretty good idea of what these guys are doing. And if it's anything like the Bears have been throwing at defense the past couple of years, I think the Bears' defense will be all right. 
Yeah, yeah, I think you're right there. And I mean, just think about training camp last year. How many times the Bears' number one defense was just taking control of that Bears' number one offense? And I know it's going to be a little bit more different with different skill position players. They don't even know who's going to be quarterback down there. Brian Tannehill, maybe we'll figure that out as we go along. But yeah, I mean, you're going to know what Dow's going to do, and if Dow's calling the plays, and I think I think we know what's going to we come can our know what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, what about you, B? What's on your radar? Uh, so if Ryan Tannehill doesn't play, they also brought in Brock Osweiler. And the last time the Bears played Brock Osweiler was 2015 when he was with Denver. He threw for 250 yards and two touchdowns in a game that the Bears lost 17-15 to when Jeremy Lankford couldn't get in on that two-point conversion at the end of the game. Uh, so just kind of a storyline that I hope we don't see. Uh, but just to keep in the back of your mind, that is going to be the backup quarterback if Ryan Tannehill still is not healthy. Uh, other than that, just kind of looking at the defense, Cameron Wake, he led the team with 10 and a half sacks last year. Overall, they're a middle of the pack defensive team. Uh, they ranked 16th as far as total yards. Uh, but I think actually this is where uh, the bye week uh, kind of helps the Bears because I think this is it's a tough first four weeks and they can be regrouped and focused and confident enough to get a W in Miami. I think that's kind of realistically a, the best chance percentage wise, in my opinion, for the Bears to get a W. There we go. And real quick, I just want to verify they do have Josh sitting too, right? They do. Yep. Well, that's good because I have him in my matchup. I have him versus Akeem Hicks whenever those two go across from one another. I think that's going to be some fun. I mean, you know, they practice against each other. They know each other really well. I think that one would just have a little bit more, you know, edge to it than more uh, other games that we're going to see out of those two. So I think that'd be a fun matchup to watch. But guys, any other things on your radar or anything else you want to mention about this matchup besides us probably being there? No, that I hope we are there. That'll be so much fun if we were in Miami to watch the the game and you know representing the Bears. Exactly, exactly. B, anything else? I hope we're there too, for what it's worth. <laughs> okay, I didn't I didn't think I had to ask, but thank you for clarifying. All right, moving on to Week Seven. It's a New England Patriots, thirteen and three. Last year, they were the number one team in total offense, second in points scored per game. Then on defense, they were 29th in total defense, but they kind of they were that bend but don't break defense, right? Because 29th in total defense, but only fifth in points allowed. So after that road trip down to Miami, the Bears head home to take on what feels like the test of the season. New England's coming off that Super Bowl loss, and the time is clicking, maybe, for Tom Brady, who has never lost a game to the Bears. Heck, I mean, it's still not confirmed that he's going to play next year, but I think we all know he will, so I'm just going to plan as such. So the Patriots in Soldier Field, you know, they only lost one game on the road last year, so that stinks. Tom Brady has never <laughs> lost to the Bears. That's another thing that kind of makes you like, that stinks. Uh, yeah, there we go. That's, that's, that's going to be the term that works for me. And on top of that, they've kind of shored up their weaknesses on their front seven of the defense. So an offense that finished first in overall offense, second in points scored, and then they're shoring up the front seven of the defense. I don't see the Patriots taking a step back anytime soon. Nick, when you're looking at this game, uh, how worried are you? This is a, a game where I'm not, I don't know. It's, it's not a good matchup, honestly. The Patriots are so good, and they get Dante Hightower back. They'll get Julian Edelman back. Those are two key guys on the offense and defense. Um, Tom Brady's you know, going to go down as uh, one of the best to ever play the game, and yeah, I remember the last matchup in Soldier Field. I'm pretty sure the Bears or the Patriots really beat down on the Bears. I think it was snowing that game as well. So we'll see what happens. Um, but this is going to be a true test for the Bears. We'll see what they're really made of because this is, you know, a team that is consistently representing the AFC championship or it, either in the Super Bowl. So this is going to be a real good test for the Bears. All right. So week seven, do you think this is like the real first benchmark that we're going to have for this team? You know, I you know, I honestly think it's week one. You play the Packers. You see what you are made of against your division rival. But other than that, yes, this would be the test. 
so far. We have some other tough teams coming up. <laughs> yeah. All right, so B, over to you. Uh, Josh McDaniel stayed in New England because he knew that he wanted the win. And with the Belichick-Brady combo and whether, you know, Tom Brady's got Randy Moss or Julian Edelman or even Chris Hogan, he makes it work, and he makes it work well. So this this offense is going to be really hard to stop. Uh, you guys already said that Tom Brady is one of the best. Obviously, I don't need to repeat it, but I just did. You just did, yeah. I just did. I know it. Uh, but they did bring in Cordero Patterson, uh, a deeper threat. He was with the Vikings the last couple of years. Uh, I mean, there's kind of some drama unfolding in New England, typically a team that doesn't let a whole lot out. Uh, we're not sure if Tom Brady's going to come back. Uh, you know, he did that documentary or whatever, kind of letting things leak out here and there. Found out that Malcolm Butler didn't play for this reason, whatever, and he left. Uh, so if that drama continues into week seven, this what could be one that the Bears steal. It's going to be a very tough matchup, but if there's enough distractions, I mean, we've never seen Bill Belichick and Tom Brady have distractions off the field like this. So maybe if it lingers into week seven, maybe it's enough of a distraction for the Bears to pull one out, but I, I still have my doubts. Okay, there we go. You can't spell bold without B, and you just think the Bears have a chance to steal this game was definitely bold. But looking at my matchup, I'm going to have Gronkowski versus the middle of this Bears defense, right? Either it would be the Bears linebacker, safeties. I mean, don't rule out the long and lengthy Bryce Callahan, uh, now that I'm the president of the fan club on this one as well. But I just want to know, can we take out the middle of the field and limit Gronk's impact? I think that's going to be uh, one of the biggest concerns for this Bears defense heading into this game. Lots of pressure on guys like Trevathan, Kwiatkowski, Eddie Jackson, Adrian Amos, Bryce Callahan, maybe even a draft pick when it's all said and done. We'll talk about that in a week. But yeah, as of right now, I think that's my biggest uh, matchup heading into this game. Uh, Nick, anything else you would like to add here for New England? You know, if Gronkowski is there, there's been rumors going around that the Patriots might trade him. So, I mean, that would be fantastic if the year that, you know, the Patriots play the Bears in Soldier Field. Gronkowski's not even on the team. But I have a feeling that the Patriots do keep him. But keep that in mind. They're, they're, like you said, Brandon, there's stuff going around in New England. Maybe that empire is finally falling and someone else will represent the AFC for the first time in a very long time. First time in forever. Yeah. All right, guys, let's move on to week eight, where we're going to take on the New York Jets, who finished last season 5-11, 28th in total offense, 24th in points scored, and then on defense, 25th in total defense, and 22nd in points allowed. So here we go. We're going to march right along through the AFC East portion of the schedule. Bears are going to take on their first New York team of the year with the Jets, who, fun fact, they've given up uh, 60 touchdown passes over the last two seasons. I don't know if that makes you salivate as much as me, but I'm definitely enticed by that stat. And with it nearing the middle of the season, I look for this to be the game where that Bears' new-look offense is kind of in that groove, and they should be able to take care of that Jets' defense. So, guys, I want to know. I know. This is a game where you're looking at the Jets. To me, it's a very underwhelming matchup overall, but I still want to know your thoughts. And B, I'll let you begin. I, I dug hard. I really did uh, to try and find something positive to say about the Jets. Like, I don't want to say that the Bears are just going to run this team over, but when you really look at it on paper, like Demario Davis led the team in sacks last year with five. Uh, I mean, they added Teddy Bridgewater and Thrill Pryor, uh, but that's one quarterback who sat out for a year with an injury and a wide receiver who kind of hasn't had a quarterback to throw to him to kind of prove him. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at Tempur-Pedic.com. Self. 
Uh, so, I mean, there's just not a whole lot there for the Jets, and I don't want to say that the Bears are going to walk all over them because that's a really bold statement, I think, because we don't really know what this offense is going to look like. We don't really know what New York's really going to look like, but on paper, there's just not a lot that worries me about this game. What about you, Nick? You feeling about the same? Uh, I wouldn't say all that because, again, the Bears have always, you know, played to their opponent's uh, level. But this is probably a game where maybe we're seeing a rookie quarterback for New York. Honestly, they're definitely drafting one. And who knows if whatever guy it is, if he's going to start from the very beginning or if he's going to make his debut week eight against the Bears. So if it is a rookie quarterback, I know the Bears have had a history of doing well against rookie quarterbacks, except for Carson Wentz, uh, you know obviously uh, torching the Bears a couple of years ago, but uh, this could be where the Bears play a rookie quarterback who it is, have no idea. Yeah, this is a team. It's in rebuild mode. It's going to have a lot of new faces on it. We'll see what ends up happening. There we go. And getting into my matchup, I'm excited to watch the battle on the outside between Allen Robinson and someone who a lot of people wanted to become a Bear and Tremaine Johnson. I think that's going to be a very interesting one to watch. No matter who's playing quarterback for the Jets, I just think that'll be, again, just a fun matchup on the outside to, to keep an eye on as we go through that game. All right, guys, let's move on to week nine, and we're going to travel to Buffalo to end the AFC East portion. Four straight AFC East games. This is very weird, but the Buffalo Bills, they finished nine and seven last year, 29th in total offense, 26th, I mean, 22nd in points scored, 26th in total defense, 18th in points allowed. All right, so again, we're going to close out the AFC East with this trip to Buffalo. The Bills, they made the playoffs last season for the first time in 17 years, but then they decided to move on from their quarterback. They signed A.J. McCarron this offseason, and all signs are pointing to them also drafting a quarterback early in this draft. So it's realistic to say that we might not even know who's going to be starting quarterback for this game, just like the Jets. So back-to-back games right now at this point, we don't even know who's going to be under center for the opponent, which makes things, of course, very hard to gauge what to expect. But Nick, over to you. I'll let you begin on Buffalo. Yeah, so they have a really good running game, number six in the league last year. And LaShawn McCoy is a guy that the Bears are definitely going to be focused on that game. If it is, in fact, a rookie quarterback or whatever quarterback, they're probably going to rely on that rushing game. And here's an interesting stat from Patrick Finley. Uh, the last time the Bears won in Buffalo, Dan Hampton was a rookie and Nagy was 18 months old. It was oh 1979. Wow. 1979. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, so I mean... Take that stat, and I think rushing, like I said, is going to be a focal point in that game. If the Bears can stop the run, I think they'll have a good chance against Buffalo. But, again, we don't know who's going to be under center for the Buffalo Bills. A lot of changes are going to happen within that organization with the draft. They move up. So, we'll again, we will see what happens. There we go. All right. That's a crazy stat. I'm still blown away by that. But, uh, B, how about you? Uh, yeah, you brought up the quarterback thing, which is something that was a storyline that I was looking at uh, because I believe Nathan Peterman was the quarterback that threw five interceptions in a game last year, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Uh, so that'd be interesting. Hopefully he's in there for our week nine matchup. Uh, but uh, the Bills really solidified, I think, the backside of the defense with some experience. They brought in Rafael Bush from the Lions safety, and they brought in cornerback Fonte Davis from the Colts. Uh, and I have a fun fact. The last time the, the Bills and the Bears squared off uh, – the Bills won by three in week one of 2014, and the leading receiver that day was Matt Forte, who we just find out is going to sign a one-day contract with the Bears through a tire of Bears. So I thought that was kind of interesting despite the loss. 
There we go. I like it. I like it a lot. All right, moving on to my matchup, too. You talked about how they've already added a little bit to their secondary, but there's still one corner that's coming back from a season ago that I'm terrified of, and his name is Tredavious White. Any Bears receiver going up against this guy is going to have some issues. I mean, we'll see what Matt Nagy can do, but last year, uh, White, he had 18 passes offense, four interceptions, and he only allowed a pass rating of 68.2 with all the targets thrown his way. He shut down receivers all season long, so... Can Nagy get creative to free up his top playmakers and avoid this corner? I mean, we're going to find out. Stay tuned. We have all the way to week nine, but that's the one big question on my mind heading into this game. All right, so we've reached halftime, which is a good time to ask if you don't yet to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and if you're on Instagram, well, we're on that too. So definitely follow us. If wherever you don't currently follow us, make sure you do so. All right, guys, so looking back at the first half of the season, I want to know, like, how do you feel about it as a whole? How do you see the first eight games of the Matt Nagy era panning out? Because to me, it feels actually pretty friendly despite playing Seattle, New England. And besides those two, and even Seattle, we mentioned, I don't know if I'm even too worried about it the more I think about it. Uh, I hate to say it because months ago I said, keep our expectations to a bare minimum. And now I'm, it's, it's the offseason. So here we go. <laughs> I'm getting a little stir crazy here. My expectations are slowly rising. Is it really out of the question to see the Bears finish five and three, six and two by the time that we're halfway through the season? Nick, what about you? Oh, man, I like you said, it's a bare minimum. These are winnable games for the Bears. I just again, we have to account for that offense is not going to be where it should be probably towards the beginning of the season where it's going to end up being towards the end of the season. So they might have some difficulties uh, at first, but. Like you said, like Arizona, Buffalo, these teams that are rebuilding and just they don't have the best quarterbacks. Those are teams that you want to go out there and those are opportunities to win games. I, I'm going to I'm going to keep my optimism low just just because we have we don't know what this offense is going to look like. We we just don't know. But it it's set up to where the Bears can do some some good things in the first half of the season. All right. Sounds good. And Brandon, I know you've been bold all day, so don't <laughs> don't go crazy until we're going to go wait, you know, here to begin it. I think you lose all credibility if you did. But say they fit start the season five and three. How huge would that be for the rest of the season as like a springboard? Oh, that'd absolutely be huge, because as we talk about it going down the list here, I mean, there's some winnable games, I think, in the third. Third quarter are definitely going to springboard uh, the team for the fourth quarter because the fourth quarter is arguably one of the toughest parts of the schedule, as I'm sure we'll talk about later. Uh, but if they can go five and three, even four and four, really, uh, I think that the second quarter uh, of the season is really going to be a big confidence boost because the Bills, the Jets, I really think that they can beat the Dolphins after the bye week. I, I think those are some very winnable games that are going to really boost the confidence. Get on a little winning streak, and I think that if they can do that, at least through most of the second quarter, I think that it really sets up uh, some good things for the second half. Awesome. Well, let's get into that second half and enter the third quarter, which you mentioned the fourth quarter. is going to be the most difficult. We'll get to that in a minute. But the third quarter to me is the most important. Why? Because three or four of those games come against division opponents. And of course, we know all too well, the Bears have struggled against the division, number one. And number two, if you don't beat teams in your own division, there's zero chance of even thinking about the playoffs. So the third quarter here is huge. And it begins with a Week 10 matchup against the Detroit Lions, who finished 9-7 a year ago. The Bears, coincidentally enough, they have lost nine in the last 10 games against them. The Lions, I know, Nick, shake your head a little bit more. It's okay. It's, it's, <laughs> it's deserved. It really is. Uh, 
the Lions, 13th in total offense, 7th in points scored, 27th in total defense, and 21st in points allowed. So this is going to be the Bears' first divisional game since week one, and it takes nine weeks to get to that second one. So by now, the entire division has tape on the Bears' offense. You should have an idea what to expect, unlike Green Bay did in week one. And a fun fact from our Devontae Tidwell, last year, Matt Patricia's uh, Patriots' defense, they've only gave up 40 points twice last season against the Eagles and against Matt Nagy's Chiefs back in week one. And now the Bears are going to be having a similar offense. Matt Patricia is now in Detroit. So maybe this could be a, you know, maybe it's his kryptonite a little bit. And if that's the case, it's going to be good news for Chicago. But guys, I don't know what your storylines, what's on your mind. And let's go to B first. Yeah, you brought up Matt Patricia as the new head coach. Uh, I'm very curious to know how much this defense is going to improve after being 27th in total defense last season. Uh, and we joked about about uh, combine time, about how we've seen all the the Lions scouts leaving when the running backs were there. Uh, they did bring in LeGarrette Blunt, so they are at least trying to at least like make a conservative effort uh, to bring in more of a running game. I think you pair him with Amir Abdullah. That can be somewhat of a deadly threat, but you got to see it to believe it first. Uh, and they also re-signed TJ Jones uh, this offseason, so Matt Stafford's still going to have that big target that he's used to throwing to, whether it was Calvin Johnson or now TJ Jones. Uh, so at home, uh, I think on a two-game win streak, honestly, at this point, uh, the Bears have to ride high and uh, really get some confidence. So here's a chance to really steal maybe the second division win. Yeah, no doubt about it. And Nick, over to you. I want to know what's on your radar. Is it the Christian Jones revenge game that I'm sure everybody has circled? Oh, of course. I mean, how you must have read my mind. I have <laughs> Christian Jones in my notes there, but that's all I have is Christian Jones is now on a Detroit line. But like you said, Will, they're one in nine since uh, – the Bears have fired Lovey Smith against the Detroit Lions. That is unacceptable moving forward. And this is a good chance. Uh, again, first year head coach is going at it. We don't know what Matt Patricia is going to do. If he's going to have any type of influence on this offense, really. I know, again, the Patriots like to use a lot of running backs. Brandon said they got LeGarrette Blunt. They have some guys there. Maybe they uh, in and out, just in and out in terms of situational football. But the Lions, the Bears need to find a way to beat them. Because they have not had any success, and they are pro- they are the weakest opponent in the division. Because you look at Green Bay, Minnesota; those are teams that I think are a little better, obviously. So Detroit, you got to find a way to win this one. Yeah, I mean you have to, you really do, especially if the Bears want to at least contend to not be last place in the FC North, right? I mean, losing. I mean, look at next. What we have Minnesota next. We lost six of the last seven, but the Bears have won so few NFC North games over the last three years. Again. That era is now over. Hopefully we have turned the page. Things are going to begin anew here, but it's just been hard to watch, and hopefully things do change here. And my matchup to watch in this one, I have two. I'm going to have Darius Slay versus Allen Robinson. I think that'd be another big matchup on the outside. And then on the flip side, I'm looking at Ziggy Ansah versus Charles Leno Jr. I think, of course, protecting Trubisky is going to be huge, and this is going to be a big test for Charles Leno Jr., one he's going to have a couple weeks down the road. But we'll get to that in a minute. Let's move on to week 11. We have the Minnesota Vikings, and we know them all too well, right? Finished 13-3 and last season. I just mentioned they lost six, the Bears have lost six of their last seven against them. And the Vikings, they have uh, they finished last season 11th in total offense, 10th in points scored, and first in both total defense and points allowed. And my big question is, like, how does the offense run with Kirk Cousins under center and uh, John Filippo as the OC, right? I don't expect that to take a step back by any means compared to a year ago. But how those two are going to mesh is going to be a big factor. And unfortunately for us, we're going to have 10 weeks to find their groove before we get our first look at them. But Nick, looking at the Vikings, this is probably the next big test since the Patriots, when you say? Oh, yeah, definitely. And John Filippo, I mean, again, was with those Eagles and what they're able to do in that offense. It's going to bring a lot of those schemes now to Minnesota. And you had Kirk Cousins. 
I think that that offense definitely gets better from a season ago. Um, and then you're probably going to get uh, blanking on the running back's name right now. I Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, exactly. So, yeah, that offense definitely gets better. You already know about the defense. It's going to be top five unit. Yeah, this is a very good team, a very tough test for the Bears, and they haven't had success against them as of late. But uh, you're going to have to find a way to win within division. Minnesota's, I think, the top dog right now. The Green Bay is taking a step behind them. So you got to find a way to just be able to dissect that defense. And it's going to be a tough task for sure. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, Nagy said he's up for the challenges. So here we go. Here's the challenge for him. And I don't I don't think he's going to back down one bit. But what about you, B, when you're looking at the Minnesota Vikings? Uh, what makes you sweat a little bit? Uh, the fact that they added Sheldon Richardson in the middle of that defensive line, it's going to be really hard to run on them. It was already tough to run on them, uh, but now there's a, a bigger body, a very talented body in the middle of that defensive line. Uh, it's just going to be a lot harder to run on them. And at home against Kirk Cousins and a very good defense, I'm just not overly confident in this circumstance at the moment. Yeah, and then adding a little bit more about Dalvin Cook, you know, the Bears have not had to go up against him yet. Uh, last year, he near, averaged about nearly five yards per carry on 74 rushes before he went down with that injury. But yeah, this guy, he's an electrifying player. He also makes plays as a receiver. So he's going to be a big test for this Bears defense, especially the front seven. So with, I think that will be, of course, one of my biggest you know, issues or matchups going into that game, at least my foresight as of right now, which is April, and we have all the way through November. So things could change. All right, let's move on to week 12, and surprise, it's Detroit again. Didn't take long, but this one is Thanksgiving. And, you know, when I thought about this, I initially got excited because I remember the last Bears Thanksgiving game. Uh, we had a great night, a great post-game show. We talked about uh, just, you know, spoiling the Packers, uh, you know, Brett Favre night. Um, but then I kind of got smacked down to earth a little bit when I recalled the last time the Bears played the Vikings on Thanksgiving. We lost 34-17 to back in 2014. So mixed bag results there, but again, it's a new season, fresh start. Uh, guys, any other thoughts on the Detroit Thanksgiving game that you didn't already mention for the one two weeks prior? I wasn't part of the show then, right? MA, is that correct? 2015. I don't, I don't think so. You weren't there. No, yeah, because I remember making my own video after that game. I was so excited. <laughs> like, I had a great Thanksgiving dinner. The Bears beat the Packers. It was exciting. I did my own video on it. And then I think, like, somewhere along the lines, you messaged me, Will. And, like, oh, okay. I think, you know, better opportunity to go join the Bears, bro. So I think that's when that all kind of happened. I may be way off, but I feel like it was around that time. Hey, that's pretty special. Be yeah. anything anything in terms of the game, though, that we should mention. <laughs> I think this, this Week 12 matchup is really going to be the pivotal one for the whole year. Uh, I mean, despite uh, anything that happens in the first 11 weeks, Week 12 is going to be the one where we really find out, I think, what, what Matt Nagy and the coach and the Bears are made of uh, because I, I have them going on a three-game win streak there. Uh, the Bills, the Jets, the Lions in Week 10, then losing to the Vikings in Week 11. And then week 12, how does how does coach and the Bears rebound after, I don't want to say bring back down to earth, kind of like what you said, we'll use that. Uh, I mean, they can either come back and get a rebound win or they can fall flat on their face and that really just kind of ruins the fourth quarter of the year. Uh, and that's going to kind of determine where Nagy's at. I think as a coach, another another measuring stick moment, we'll say. Uh, but it's it's going to really set the tone for the last quarter, I think. Yeah, and this will be the first time, too, that he's facing a team for the second time in a season as a head coach. So a team that already has tape on him, knows his tendencies, knows how he... How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. 
At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. He attacked him one time. How can he adjust? What kind of wrinkles can he bring to the table to go ahead and surprise them a little bit? So it's going to be kind of key not to show them everything the first time because you're only going to play them you know, two short weeks later. All right, guys, let's move on to week 13. We're going to take a trip to New York to face the Giants, who finished 3-13 and last year, 21st in total offense, 31st in points scored per game, but they had a ton of injuries on offense, so we'll see if that changes. Then defense, they were 31st in total defense and 27th in points allowed. So here's the third game of against another team with another first-year head coach, and this time it's Pat Shermer, who came from Minnesota. And one thing I want to mention right now before I forget is that he has ample experience facing our Bears under Vic Fangio in that defense, and that might be you know, one of the Giants' best advantages in this matchup. Shermer knows Fangio. He knows his Bears' defense pretty well, so we'll see what he can do against that. Hopefully Fangio has a good uh, you know, rebuttal to it, but we'll find out. But Nick, how about you when you're looking at this Giants? What's uh, what's on your radar here? Yeah, I wonder if uh, the Giants, first of all, draft a quarterback. I mean, I think Eli Manning, this could be a, a chance where if they do draft a quarterback, maybe we are facing another rookie quarterback sitting uh, Eli Manning to start this rookie. But again, this is a team that is going through a little bit of a rebuild again. They signed Jonathan Stewart, uh, and we know Pat Shermer did pretty well with the running backs in Minnesota a season ago. See how that plays out. They just released Brandon Marshall earlier today. Um, we got to see what, what Odell Beckham's going to do when he comes back. Um, I think this is a winnable game for the Bears. Again, I want to see who's actually playing it at this point in the season, week 13. This could be definitely an opportunity for the Giants to let loose if they do draft a rookie quarterback to just you know give him some game experience yeah i mean we'll find out i mean that'll be so awful for eli to have to take a you know get benched Another again <laughs> and then watch it all happen i mean to be full circle i think that's what happened to court warner with him over there in uh new york as well but how about you b uh when you're looking at the giants or the g-men as i know you like to use that term a lot um not really but what, what's on your mind here i can i can start using it talk about the g-men uh pat Shermer, you guys already talked about it uh, i think that's gonna be an interesting storyline um, pure speculation here, but if they draft Saquon Barkley and pair him with Eli Manning and Odell Beckham and more speculation, maybe if they sign Des Bryant, I thought it was kind of funny because Des was like, I'm going to the Giants or I want to go there. And then Brandon Marshall's like, oh, there's no room. And then Brandon Marshall released. <laughs> That's kind of funny to me. Uh, but that, that just kind of sets up for a deadly offense under Pat Shermer because we know how good of an offensive coordinator he was there in Minnesota last year. And like you said, he knows Vic Fangio uh, and the defensive schemes that he likes to run. So that sets him up for success there. Uh, and fun fact, Eli Manning's beaten the Bears three of the last four times, so history is not exactly on our side if Eli is the starter. But if they draft a quarterback and it's a rookie, I like I like those chances. Yeah, I mean, we'll find out. I mean, I'm sure if they do have a rookie quarterback, they would like to have him sit. And Nick has a point, so go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, that was the last time we saw Jay Cutler play against the Giants, mm. right? Yeah. yeah. Just wanted to point that out. <laughs> Sounds good. And looking at my matchups real quick, uh, I mean, I have a healthy OB, OBJ if he's still there. We'll figure out how that all shapes up. I'm sure he's going to be there, though. And then on their defense, someone I'm really kind of keen in on here is going to be their nose tackle. Uh, Damon Harrison, this man, he demands a double team every snap and how he kind of affects the game plan. It's going to be something to watch. But he's not going to be the most uh, elite defensive tackle, nose tackle that we're going to be going up against because, well, let's enter the fourth quarter of our show, and we'll get there in one moment. The fourth quarter, it consists of two at home, and then we end the season with two straight on the road. Week 14, 
the LA Rams. They finished last year 11 of 5, 10th in total offense, first in points scored per game, 19th in total defense, and 12th in points allowed. So the final quarter of the season, it begins with a very dangerous road team because the Rams finished 7 and 1 away from LA last year. They were one of the most prolific offenses in the NFL. So how do they follow up? Well, they did that by adding to the already strong defense. They brought in Sue, uh, Marcus Peters, Aqib Talib. Uh, I think those actually those players actually have a combined twelve Pro Bowl appearances. So yeah, all those to kind of help out already the defensive player of the year in Aaron Donald and Nick. You've been very vocal that this is not a game you are looking forward to. Why? No, it's not. <laughs> Why? Well, you see this. Why? This is, I think, a team that probably will be representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. I think that's how good they are. And we saw just the strides they made uh, with a rookie head coach, a a second-year quarterback. Then you add all these these players, Brandon Cooks, and all these defensive weapons paired up with already Aaron Donald, the best, arguably the best defensive player in the league. Yeah, this is going to be a tough one. But it is later in the year. I want to see who, which team, the Bears or the Rams, it could be the Bears, are more injured at this point in the season And again, this is just a very tough matchup. You want to see those interior defenders for the Rams go against maybe a Quinn Nelson, you know, Kyle Long, Cody Whitehair on the interior. That's going to be a dogfight the entire game. So I said that I'm not looking forward to this. They have a great offense. They have a great defense. You had you add in those two corners, Peters and Tlaib. Yeah, it's going to be a tough game. But if the Bears can play competitive, Hey, that's all you can ask for because it's a team that I think is going to be in the Super Bowl. Okay, so I want to know out of all the tough matchups that we've had so far, Patriots, Vikings, and now, of course, the Rams, which one worries you the most, Nick? Oh, I, I'm going with the Rams. I know that the Patriots are the Patriots, and they've been great for so long. Um, I don't I don't know if they're going to be as good this season as they were a couple seasons ago or just last season. The v- Minnesota Vikings, yes, they're, they have a great defense. Um, they they should have a better offense, but these Rams, I think, are just heading in the right direction. There's no signs to where you think they should ha- take a step back. There really isn't. Um, you know, with a rookie head coach who did all the right things in year one, I think this is the team to beat in the NFL. There we go. B, did I? Did we leave you anything to talk about here? <laughs> I mean, by week 14, I think that this team's going to be rolling. It's going to be, I mean, you guys already said it's going to be a tough matchup. I really don't have anything else to add. I think by week 14, the Rams are going to be looking to really, really turn it on by the playoffs to be able to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl, like Nick said. Yeah, and I'm actually excited to watch the matchup between, of course, you know, Goff and Trubisky, you know, the two roommates over the offseason. They're going to battle it out for what? All the marbles? Maybe some of the marbles? <laughs> but I mean, heck, if both teams have winning records at this point, which it's possible, I think it'll be a very fun game to watch as these two duel it out against very tough defenses. The Bears, they talked about it this week in minicamp. Their goal is to be a top five defense as well. So they're not taking, you know, any steps back. They're not planning on it. They're planning to keep on what they've been doing over the last three years and take it a step further this season. So these two going up against pretty damn good defenses. I I'm excited to see what these young quarterbacks can do Two young quarterbacks who are friends off the field, but hopefully some bitter rivals on the field for years to come. I think that'd be a lot of fun to watch. I have All a right, matchup. Guys. What's up? I have a matchup. Oh, you have a matchup? For this one. Yeah. Uh, Sean McVay, who's 32 years old, and Matt Nagy, who's 39 years old, uh, two of the three youngest coaches in the league uh, in this game scoring off. There we go. Two young quarterbacks, two young head coaches. What more can you want? It's the future of the NFL right here in one matchup. I agree. Okay. I had to make sure you did. <laughs> All right, guys, let's go ahead and move on to week 15. It's the Packers again. So 
again, I don't need to reiterate all their standings from last year, but after 14 weeks, the Bears meet them again. And this time it's going to be at Soldier Field for the final home game of the year. So guys, anything you want to mention about this game? Because December is usually when Green Bay is clicking when they're good. Nick? Yeah, um, this is a game, again, where the Bears are going to see if they maybe need, not going to say they're going to be close to playoffs, but again, coming towards the end of the season, you got to win these games against these division opponents uh, towards the end of the season. And it was also a game that I really want to go to. It's going to be a colder (laughs) game. And I haven't seen a Bears win against the Packers when I've been there. So that would be a game that I'm definitely looking to go to. There we go. Nick's already trying to decide what game we're going to in Soldier Field. I'm going to have a rebuttal here in a little bit. But uh, what about you, B? Uh, I hope that this is going to sound really weird. Uh, but I kind of hope Green Bay is fighting for a playoff spot because it's going to really add some fire and some intensity to this game. Because if if they're in a position where if the Bears win and it knocks Green Bay out, perfect. That's exactly what we want. Have them get that close and be the Bears not come out. So that's kind of what I'm hoping for. It's something to light a fire under Chicago's butt at this time, especially because it's going to be a tough matchup, especially because I believe Green Bay is going to be rolling by this time as well. Uh, let, let's get some intensity and some fire under their butts. Try and really see if we can get out a win here. I mean, every meaningful game in December is just that much more fun to watch, that much more right. intense. I understand what you're meaning, but never say those words again. I, I really didn't want to. I didn't know how else to put it, though. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on to week 16. We're going to take a trip all the way to the Bay to take on the San Francisco 49ers, who finished 6-10 and 10 last year, 12th in total offense, 20th in points scored per game, 24th in total defense, and 25th in points were allowed. So the second-to-last game of the season is against Nick's man crush, Jimmy Garoppolo, who, when he took over last season, the 49ers became a different and a dangerous team, winning five straight to end the year. Nick, the floor is yours. Jimmy Garoppolo got paid, and I'm expecting a big year out of him. Honestly, this is a offense with uh, Shanahan as head coach that should do some damage. And they got Jarek McKinnon there. I think he's going to be great in that offense. Um, they have to surround him with some pieces. But again, Garoppolo, I think, is going to be a very good quarterback in this league. And um, I'm expecting big things out of him, like I said. But they will have to address that linebacker position. Ruben Foster's going through, you know, those legal things right now. And so I can expect them maybe, uh, I think they're a couple picks or the pick after the Bears, probably draft a linebacker because Ruben Foster, I don't know if he's going to play a game this season with what's going on with him. But I am expecting big things out of Garoppolo. I want to see, uh, you know, rematch now. Trubisky versus Garoppolo. I know that's a thing, even though it shouldn't be. But I want to see how those two, you know, the numbers and who ends up winning after this game is played. I mean, those who are always going to be connected for the fact that the Bears could have brought in Garoppolo and then we traded up over to that one spot where some people don't agree with it just to get Trubisky. So these two are always going to be linked and it'll be interesting to see uh, how their battles kind of pan out over the years. But yeah, like you said, a rematch. Nick, I would check your camera settings a little bit. Seems like you're blushing a little bit when you're talking about Garoppolo. But <laughs> I mean, what I know, I've, that's come that. I've come to expect that over the past few seasons with you. But um, <laughs> so oh, anyway, I'm going to go back to Brandon here. Uh, anything that you want to mention about this game? Yeah, I got a matchup in this one. Uh, these are two of the three youngest coaches in the game facing off in this one. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's 38, Matt Nagy's 39. So we get to see three of the youngest coaches in the league this year. That's pretty cool. Uh, but you guys talked about Jimmy G, how he stepped in against the, against the Bears through for 293 yards and interception. He was sacked a couple times. Uh, I really don't know how to peg this game because uh, the 49ers are also a team kind of starting to trend in the right direction. And we lost to them solely by field goals. Uh, so I'd, Thanks, Robbie. I yeah, yep. I know it. I don't. I don't really know how to peg this game when you lose only by field goals. So, I don't know. 
I understand that. I just think as the rest of the season went on, the 49ers got better week in, week out, and I started against us. But from that point forward, it, they just seem like they are really starting to put things together. And if that momentum kind of transitions, of course, Nick, you mentioned it's going to lots going to depend what they can do about that defense, especially at linebacker. But on offense, they kind of keep that up. I mean, especially with a whole, what, another 15 games before this fact, it's going to be very interesting to see uh, what kind of offense they have and what the Bears are doing. And again, I think it's going to be another decent matchup, like a premier one where we're talking about all the different storylines, John Lynch, Ryan Pace, and like you said, the two young head coaches and Shanahan and uh, Matt Nagy, and then these two quarterbacks. So this will be a really fun game. And I'm going to take it one step further here, which is maybe a step backwards, but Jarek McKinnon. He always has our number when he was in Minnesota, and now he's a 49er. So you have to wonder, is it going to happen again? Is that trend going to continue? Another question that's on my mind looking at this game. All right, guys, we made it. Week 17 at Minnesota, and we close out the season like we do in our typical fashion as the Bears will end the game against the Vikings for the third season in a row. And this is the fourth out of the last sixth year in which the Bears have ended on the road against Minnesota. So... Maybe it's for the divisional crown. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Maybe, maybe, but I just wanted to throw it out there. But getting back to reality, taking a step back, um, this is going to be another tough contest, of course, to end the season. So, guys, you got to believe by this point the Vikings are going to be playing or pushing for playoffs, maybe even for another first-round bye. So, I don't know, how do you feel about this game in general? Uh, Kirk Cousins now should have a full season under his belt pretty much here in Minnesota. So, thoughts on the season finale? B, you can begin. Uh, it really depends on they play San Francisco the week before. If they go out and beat San Francisco, uh, they're going to play Minnesota pretty dang close, I think. Uh, Minnesota's still going to have our number. They're just that much more, just a little bit more talented than the Bears are. Uh, so I don't know necessarily that they're going to win this game regardless, but if they lose to the 49ers, then I don't know that the the fight is and the Will's going to want to be there uh, for Week 17. I think Will will be here. but not Yeah, I'll be there. Bears, don't so, worry. Yeah, I wasn't worried about that. I figured I better clarify that. No, sounds good. I mean, where there's a will, there's a way. Totally understood. But uh, how about you, Nick? You know, I'm going to feel great knowing that Matt Nagy won't get fired after this game because last season against the Vikings, John Fox was out. A couple seasons before that, Tressman was out against the Vikings. <laughs> so so <true>. after <laughs> this game, I'll know, hey, at least Matt Nagy is going to be here next season. The other coaches, well, we know where they're at. Yes, we do. Well, I don't know about Mark. He's somewhere up above the border, so I'm doing whatever he's doing. But um, all right, guys, so that's it for the season. We just went through all those games. I want to know, in general, how do you feel about the schedule? Anything that you really like or maybe strongly dislike about it, Nick? Um, Like I expressed it earlier, that that bye week earlier in the, the season, um, I, I wish it was a little bit later. And it, we, we, told, we talked about, well, the Bears haven't done very well off that bye week different coach i don't think he just i don't know if john fox just didn't know how to go about it how to get guys ready and in position to play a game you know two weeks as opposed to one week but i wish the bye week again was somewhere in the middle just so you know the guys have a little bit of a rest in between you know a good amount of games but yeah i think that that bye week if it was a little bit later in the season then i'd be all right with it what about you b what do you think is maybe your what you're going to call the toughest stretch of the season uh, I actually think the toughest stretch is going to be the first four weeks uh, because wow. well, the offense, we really don't know. It's going to have some kinks to work out. Uh, I mean, play the Packers on a celebration game. So they're going to want to come out because I don't want to have another repeat of the Brett Favre night, which I'm totally okay if that happens. The Bears beat the Packers on Sunday Night Football week one. Uh, but then you play two very tough defenses uh, with Seattle and Arizona. And even though Seattle's trending the wrong direction, 
uh, I just, I'm just not sure that we're going to see all the kinks out of the offense yet to be able to put up enough points to win these games. And it's going to be a good test for Matt Nagy uh, facing adversity. So I really think the first four weeks are really going to be a, a true test of what we have at head coach. Well, I'm going to go to the complete opposite. I think the most difficult portion of the entire schedule is the last four weeks, week 14 through week 17. That's when you have the Rams, the Packers, the 49ers, and the Vikings. I understand what you're saying where the early parts, the offense might be going through some growing pains. But when you're looking at those four teams who I expect all four to be playing for the playoffs, oh, that's yeah. going to be very tough for the Bears. I mean, it begins on top of that nine weeks after that bye week that Nick mentioned. So conditioning is going to be a factor. Willpower is going to be a factor, especially if the Bears are having that another up and down season. Where are they at mentality at this point of the year? It's going to be very interesting to say, at least to say the least here at this point. But what about you, Nick? Do you have a, the same thing? Yes, I have to agree. I mean, you look at those teams, like you said, are probably going to all be looking to push into the playoffs. Um, and what if the Bears are in a, a position where they're trying to fight for a wild card? Do you have to beat those four teams at the end to you know maybe get in? That's going to be really tough. So, yeah, I definitely have to go the last four weeks. Um, and like you said, with the the bye week, that's a lot of football being played in a row and not a lot of rest in between. So, yeah, those last four weeks are going to be brutal. All right, flip it. What about the easiest? The easiest? Oh, man, uh, you got Quarter me. Two. You yeah, think so? I, I think, think the AFC so. East is going to be a, I don't want to say a real easy slide, but there's going to be a lot of confidence building that goes on in there, I think. Besides New England? I mean, maybe if they play them tough, that still can be a confidence. Right, but even the week five bye week, uh, you got a chance to regroup, re, you know, re, regather yourself against the Dolphins. I think that's enough to be able to beat them. The Patriots, I don't really foresee them winning that, but then the Jets and the Bills, I think you pull one off against the Lions there to start quarter number three. But there, there's a win streak in there in, in quarter two, I think. I like it. I started a little bit sooner, but I'm still within the same ballpark. I'm starting with Tampa and I'm ending with Miami. So you have the Buccaneers, the Cardinals, the bye week, go figure. And then, of course, the Dolphins ended out. I think that's, I mean, it's only three games, but it spans four weeks. I think that's maybe the easiest stretch in my mind. Uh, but Nick, do you have one or you don't need to? No, I mean, both of your guys, uh, what you guys said, I'm looking at those weeks. Um, I think that's going to be the easiest stretch overall for the Bears. I'm seeing in the beginning, we like we said, we don't know what that offense is going to do. We're going to stay away from the the back end of that schedule because I think that's just, <laughs> like I said, awful. So, yeah, that's probably the stretch where maybe you see that Bears' confidence grow. Um, New England's obviously the one outlier there that can maybe just pound on the Bears. But, yeah, that's probably the, the, the schedule timing where the Bears can do some things, hopefully gain some confidence going towards the back end of the season. Awesome. All right, guys. And real quick, I want to know, where do you want to go for a meetup? I think we're planning our first ever road trip. We've talked about that already. But in terms of our home game that we always go to one per year to meet up with some Bears fans at uh, and tailgate, meet up with them, go to the game. Of course, have some one. Last year, we chose a good one. We went to the Panthers. We saw Eddie Jackson just dominate all game long. But uh, Nick, you already mentioned you're thinking Green Bay. That, that, would, be, that would be awesome. I love cold games. That's That's how, I mean, I'd rather go to a cold game than... The beginning of the season where it's warm. We got to battle the elements, layer up. Yeah, that's how it should be done. That's bear weather too. Bears, Packers, and week 15. Like Bren, you said, if it's Green Bay's fighting for a playoff spot, Bears maybe are fighting for a wild card spot. That's a game that you want to be around. You want to be in that atmosphere. But that would be a fantastic game to go to. Okay. What about you, B? Uh, you're kind of weird for wanting to sit in cold weather games. <laughs> uh, just my opinion there. I don't know. I'm sitting here looking at it. Um, I'm picking a warm weather game. Uh, I think it'd be cool to see the Patriots. I'm not necessarily uh, sure that 
you know, it's going to be, I'd like to see one where they win. So I don't know necessarily that's the best option, but it'd be a team that I like to see say that I've seen, you know, Tom Brady live, uh, but Monday night football would also be cool. I've never done that before. That's what I was going for. Monday night football, Seattle. It's going to be Matt Nagy's first ever game at Soldier Field. I think that'd be one to go to. It'd yeah. be a September night. So you're going to, it's going to be, it's going to be mild, Nick. So you can even wear a light jacket. If you want to <laughs> the elements a little bit. Yeah. I mean, that would be a good one. I, okay. I could see that. If you guys want to go there, I guess I'll go with you, but I might go to the Green Bay game too. Yeah, of course. All right. So I have a few stats I want to share from this entire schedule. I've been doing some more data analyst uh, stuff with my day job. So I've been I was like, hey, I want to take this up a notch. So I just wanted to look into some things. Uh, I did some averages, but I'm not going to share them right now for the sake of time. And of course, averages isn't anything fancy. Anyone can do that. But I did look into things. I tweeted these out, but I know a lot of people don't follow us on Twitter. They just kind of listen. So I just want to share for them as well. Uh, the Bears, they're only going to go up against two defenses that finished in the top 10 in yards and points allowed. And on the flip side, over half of this schedule that we talked about has a game against defenses that finished anywhere between 20th and 32nd in the league uh, in terms of both total defense and points allowed. So as much as we're worried about this offense and growing pains, the Bears do have a very favorable schedule, at least going up against some defenses. They have a few tough ones, no doubt, but the majority, over half of them, are in 20 to 32 range, which, of course, is a very uh, favorable matchup, to say the least. Uh, four of the Bears' offenses that they're going to go up against finished in the top 10 in points scored. Two of those are in the division with the Vikings and Lions, and we're going to face the number one team in all of these categories. We're going to face the number one offense in points scored and total offense, the number one defense in points allowed, and the number one defense in, well, total defense in yards given up. So at one point or another, we're going to be tested, but more times than not, the Bears are going to be in some decent matchups all right guys um nick i asked you the question last year because last year it's you and me who did the schedule breakdown do you want to give a record prediction or is it too early because the draft is so weak away i'm gonna wait i want to see what rookie quarterbacks go where um yeah so i i'm gonna wait on that i'm not gonna reveal anything i don't want to overestimate what the bears can actually do want to analyze after the draft and then i'll give you a record <laughs> I think that's fair, honestly. Like I thought about it as well, but I think we can wait. Let's do it the week after the draft when we bring in our guests and we talk about the draft a little bit. We can even ask them for a way-too-early prediction, put them on the spot. I think that'll be a lot of fun. All right, so guys, we've already been going on for over an hour and about seven minutes, so let's quickly kind of talk about some minicamp, uh, which just wrapped up earlier today. Uh, the only injury to come out of it is the newly acquired edge player named Aaron Lynch. We don't know the severity of it, but it seems like an unfortunate setback. Uh, the Bears today said it wasn't as bad as they initially thought, so that's at least good-ish news. But, uh, Nick, I want to know if this is indeed something that's going to take some time to heal. A lot of Bears fans have been asking. They're wondering, does this change Ryan Pace's draft plan? I don't think so. I, I know that they're expecting you know Aaron Lynch to be a contributor. Just I don't know how much of a contributor. Um, but I think they already know that edge rusher, a pass rusher, is going to be uh, – someone that the bears are going to be looking for early on in the draft, but I don't think Aaron Lynch is the reason why, Oh, they must go get a pass rusher with that, you know, number eight overall pick in the first round. But uh, yeah, well, hope I mean, like Nagy said, it's not something to be very concerned about, but that's already one injury. So you know, a very thin position <laughs> at a very thin position. And we're hoping that that's not common throughout the season. Exactly. All right. So on top of this, again, it's minicamp. We don't get a lot. The majority that we get is either uh, little 
tiny little video clips that the Bears social media gets to produce. Or what I liked, at least at least this week, was uh, the, all the press conferences we had with a few players and, of course, the coaches as well. And, guys, I was just taken back, honestly, the entire week. The one theme I had, which has been the theme all offseason long, is that this team believes in Mitchell Trubisky. They are high on this kid. You know, Coach Nagy raved about him when he said, and I quote, Mitch is a very smart kid. He's intelligent, driven, and very motivated. A lot of the things we talk about as a team, he has. For him to be our quarterback and to have those traits, it's hard not to smile. And then Tariq Cohen uh, talked about him as well when he talked about the quarterback already making audibles at the line of scrimmage and like his very first day running this new offense. And on top of that, he mentioned, of course, how much Trubisky's learning just so fast. And Trubisky talked about that as well. He called himself a sponge. He's trying to absorb all of the information that he's just been getting thrown to him. And a couple of quotes from Trubisky that I like, he says, you know, I feel like in the last three days I've been coached more than I ever have. And another one is just knowing what we're going to be in the future. Uh, first things first, you have to master the basics and build off of it and go from there. But it's just exciting to talk about and know that's where we could be down the line. The kid sees the big picture. He honestly understands so much about not just how to be a great quarterback, but a great teammate, a great leader, and a great student. And I think that's what's going to make him an excellent quarterback in this league. So for him to accept this new offense, believe that's a natural fit, coming into it with an open mind and just taking ownership of it, and it's only been a couple practices, I think it's huge for the Bears. But guys, I don't know, any other big takeaways from this week's minicamp? I know we didn't get a ton of information, like I said, but anything that you want to make sure Bears fans know, B? Yeah, there's a lot of praise for Trubisky, but Trubisky also uh, was able to give it back to Nagy, uh, saying that he can just feel the genuine passion for the game uh, that he has anytime he's on the practice field or they're in a meeting room or whatever. So I thought that was kind of interesting uh, that everyone's already kind of like praised Matt Nagy, but then just to see a lot of praise going towards Trubisky, he's reciprocating it back to the coach. I think that's pretty neat. Exactly. I think they're going to have a really strong relationship between the two, but how about you, Nick? Sticking with Trubisky, just when he is in front of the media talking at the podium, he owns it. And he, he's making them laugh. He knows exactly what he's going to say. He, we are seeing him just grow and develop right before our eyes. And it's great to see. He's really owned the, you know, the leadership role of this team. And, you know, that's great for Bears fans, for this Bears team. You know, head coach Matt Nagy. It's, it's great to see. And that, today in that press conference, there was multiple times where he's just making the media laugh because he's just so comfortable up there talking in front of him, saying, Hopefully, you know, post-game press conferences, he's just laughing because they just beat another opponent. They have a win streak going. I cannot wait to see, you know, this guy throughout, you know, his year too. Yeah, no, it's going to be a lot of fun. It really is. And it just seems like he's just taken, like, what? Like, I don't know what it is. Like, the Bears took the handcuffs off him. He's done it himself. Whatever it is, he's showing more personality. He's having more fun. And it's just, like he said, it's exciting. And it's just, as a Bears fan, it's just something that you need to be like, hey, that's my quarterback. You know, that right there is the guy to take this team uh, back to, well, maybe the promised land. We'll get there eventually. We'll see. But um, I did almost forget, guys. The Bears did sign a couple receivers over the past week. Uh, last week, they signed uh, Benny Fowler since our last show. And earlier today, they also signed uh, 6'5 wideout Marlon Brown. But Brown, uh, he hasn't really played in a regular season game since 2015. I think he's a camp body. I don't think uh, I think Fowler is much more of a likely candidate to make the 53-man roster. So I want to kind of just focus on him here. Uh, Fowler, he has 56 catches for about 700 yards and five touchdowns over the last two years. Oh, two years, I should mind you. And for those keeping score at home, yes, that's five more than Kevin White has had and three more than Josh Bellamy has had <laughs> in those same two years. Plus, Fowler, he's averaged about 200 special team snaps 
of each of those last two years as well. So he's going to bring some more value to special teams, not just as a receiver. So I want to know your guys' thoughts on the signing because I really like it as a depth piece, and I think he's a potential guy to maybe uproot Bellamy or at least bump Bellamy down the depth chart, which I believe is something that we all kind of want to see happen. Nick, I'll let you begin. Yeah, I was about to say that's the upgraded Bellamy. I mean, that's what we want. A guy that actually plays receiver can also play on special teams. But you said it. It's He's just a depth piece. This is not a guy, because Cameron Meredith is gone, he's going to be that replacement. No. And the Bears will still draft a receiver um, you know, in a couple couple of days now. So it's not uh not anything to be overly excited about, I think. It's just a guy that's there. He'll contribute on special teams and possibly on the offense. All right, B, how about you? Anything else? No, you guys pretty much took what I wanted to say there. I mean, he's not going to replace Cameron Meredith. Uh, he's a very good depth piece. He's going to compete for that four spot on the depth chart, working his way down. Hopefully he's at the four because that's going to be over top of Josh Bellamy. So, yeah, you guys said it. <laughs> All right, cool. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Guys, we just went through the entire schedule. We just talked about mini camp. It's crazy because it feels like yesterday is Black Monday. We had no idea what this offseason was going to do. And after the draft in a week, it's going to be real quiet, real quick until pretty much training camp. So any final thoughts before we sign off? I like your quote that you had there at the end. We're talking about Mitch. That's my quarterback. I don't know. I feel like that's something that's just we're, we're going to be able to look back at and, and say just repeatedly like, that's my quarterback kind of thing i don't know there we go i want to make sure i'll i'll save a little nugget i'll save that audio clip go. so i can just use it over and yep. over again nick how about you you guys ready for thursday i'm ready let's do it i cannot wait it's honestly we don't know what's going to happen but i cannot wait for thursday night i mean if it's anything like last year our jaws are going to hit the floor live on camera and it's going to yep. be fun to look back at I was watching that clip uh, earlier today. I was showing my friend at work. I'm like, look at my reaction when <laughs> we hear Mitch Trubisky. It was in, it was crazy. I was so surprised. We were all so, everyone was so surprised. What am I talking about? But yeah, I don't think it's going to be like that, but it'll still be an exciting time. No doubt about it. And that's in one week. But before we actually do our live reactions and analysis of the Bears draft, which, mind you, we're going to be doing it Thursday night uh, during the Bears when they're on the clock at the trade back. We'll just try again. Uh, no big deal. But uh, Friday, the same thing. And all day Saturday as well. We're going to be right here giving you instant Bears draft coverage. And, of course, if you're listening on the podcast, we'll be uploading those as soon as possible after each and every one of our live recordings. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. We want to thank you all who have watched or listened live, and thank you to our thousands of podcast listeners across the world. We're going to be back on Monday with our official and final Bears mock drafts. But until then, bear down, Chicago. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.